0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Our mission, to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. Man, I'm so excited that you guys are tuning in today because we have a powerful episode that is just filled with such wisdom and such love and adoration to the Lord in and throughout a powerful story that you guys are going to be able to hear today. Our guest today is a best selling author. She has written tons of books, tons of Bible studies, and devotionals. She's a world renowned speaker, she's a podcast host. built different guest today is Mrs. Jennifer Rothschild. You guys, she is absolutely amazing, but some of you may not know about her. Maybe you don't know her personal story or testimony, which you're going to hear all about in the interview today, but I just want to give you a a brief overview of who Miss Jennifer is and some of the difficulties that she's faced in her life and continues to face on a daily basis. At the age of 15 years old, Jennifer was diagnosed with a rare degenerative eye disease that would eventually steal her sight. So she lives with blindness every day. I should say physical blindness, but yet she is so awakened in her spirit and she is so attuned and connected to the Lord like nothing I've ever seen before. She just displays such peace and love and joy and a deep adoration for God that I truly respect and I look up to and I admire about her so, so much. Today, actually, as I'm recording this, I just stepped out of a meeting with a lot of um, my friends and fellow counterparts, I would say, in our athletic shepherding committee at Liberty University led by Pastor PJ Preston. And Pastor PJ challenged us this week to read through John chapter nine and to come pretty much to our time of meeting together, our time of fellowship for an hour that we do every Monday. And just to kind of State some of the things that we've been learning. And truly, I think the episode and this interview that you're about to hear with Jennifer opened my eyes to this story found in John chapter 9 where Jesus heals a man that's actually born blind. So it just, it's fascinating that I was reading this as we are releasing this episode this week. Obviously, two different stories, two very unique stories of blindness themselves, but. I love the words up front Um, in verse 1. I'm going to read just a couple of verses in John chapter 9, and then I'll relate it back to the interview today. John chapter 9, verses 1 to 3 read, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus responded to them and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus but this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So important to grasp is because I think so often, we get so frustrated and we get so angry when times of pain or adversity or challenge or difficulty are kind of sprung upon us in this life. And I feel like we get so mad and we take it out on God and we almost view it as a form of punishment, right? Where we'll ask the questions like, God, why me? Why would you allow me to go through this? Why would you allow me to endure this? Why pain? Why blindness? Why challenge? Why adversity? But in and throughout this episode today, Jennifer makes a powerful point where she says, if we're to question that out of anger and frustration toward God and ask those questions to God, then we also must reframe our questions and ask, then, God, why grace? God, why forgiveness? God, why your love being displayed on a cross? Why death for me? Right when we ask those questions, I feel like the truth is, and I think Jesus is answering that verse right there, where He said, "But this happens so that the works of God may be displayed in Him." Truly, you guys, we have to reframe our perspective on pain and realize that what we see as obstacles, God sees as opportunities to reveal His true self to us. His true self being so loving and so gracious and so faithful. And always one that shows up in the midst of our mess. God reveals himself in our moments of weakness, right? It even says in scripture that his power is made perfect in our weakness. So, my friends, today, just before we even begin the interview, I just wanted you to hear those words and to kind of reshape your perspective on pain and on obstacles in life and start viewing them as an opportunity for God to reveal his true self in and throughout the difficult season or moment maybe you're having to experience or endure today. My friends, I hope you're left encouraged. And I hope you are able to kind of experience hope in a different way and realize that hope is a person in and throughout the episode today with Miss Jennifer Rothschild. Miss Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Well, I can't believe I get to do this. This is awesome to be (laughs) together. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. So excited. What a blessing it is. Just getting the opportunity to spend some meaningful time with you today, getting to hear a little bit more of your story, but also getting to hear about how the Lord is just continually working in and through your life. You know, you've been such an encouragement to me personally from afar for quite some time now as I've read a lot of your books and I'm so thankful for the perspective you carry throughout life and understanding and really living out the words of Genesis 50-20 which remind us that what Satan meant for evil, God uses for good. Miss <laughs> Jennifer, one thing I know about you is that you have a deep love and appreciation for speaking at women's events all over the country and my mom Julie and our entire team at Extraordinary Women, we absolutely love having you come and we can't wait for you to be a part of what we're doing in 2023, but that being said, just to kick us off today, what are some (laughs) of the most crucial things and some topics that you feel like women are really struggling with in our culture and society? And what's the word that the Lord has been placing on your heart during this hour?
1: Mm. Well, first off, let me just say, uh, Julie Clinton is one of my favorite people. And so I'm honored. (laughs) I know, right? We have that in common. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful that I get to partner with extraordinary women because it honestly, it's a blessing to me to Mm. be around such women of God. It really is. It inspires me. So and, you know, God has blessed me that I get to be around women all the time in speaking and in conferencing. And that's an interesting question you asked, Zach, because what have I seen that women are dealing with and what's the word from the Lord? Well, I think one of the things that I have seen is that some issues that women are dealing with now Mm. um, are ones that have been revealed, not created. And here's what I mean. So during the pandemic, when, oh my gosh, it was like the ground was just shaking beneath us. It was a 10 on the Richter scale every day. And I think a lot of women thought, oh, this has caused me to deal with depression. This has caused me to deal with anxiety. And those um, responses have been very legit. But Mm. what I've discovered in myself and the women I serve is it's actually revealed something that was already there. Mm. And so, in that revelation of brokenness, like, oh, my goodness, if I'm dealing now with anxiety, if I'm dealing now with depression, if I'm dealing now with fear, uh, fatigue, great fatigue, mm. that was created from the pandemic, by the way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'm realizing is what we need from the Lord, as you said, what's the word? Is mm. the word. That's what That's we right. need. Because um, I I. I've written lots of practical encouragement. I have a podcast that deals with practical encouragement, like here's how you do what the word says. Mm. But you can't do what the word says unless you are in the word and his Amen. word is life for us. So I guess for me, as I have seen what the, what's been revealed in my life, maybe some um, some anxiety that I didn't know was there, that the pandemic, just all the uncertainty put a spotlight on. I've seen that in a lot of other women's life. And so instead of trying to remedy the symptom, my word that I'm receiving from the Lord that I'm sharing with women is, don't deal with the symptom, don't deal with the fruit until you deal with the root. And the Mm. root is always going to be given nourishment and revelation in the word. So when we're in the word and we get to see who God is, then we get a clearer light on who we are. And then his word can speak to that root that is causing the anxiety and the fruit will eventually diminish.
0: Mm, that's so good, Miss Jennifer, because like you're saying, the root, what's at the core of somebody is ultimately what we see on display then when tough mm-hmm. times and trials come, like you're saying. And Miss Jennifer, for you, you're a nationally acclaimed speaker, you're a best-selling author of several books and Bible studies throughout the years, so you clearly have so much wisdom, but you have such an impactful story as well that I would just truly love to dive into today for our listeners. And for those of you that maybe don't know Miss um, Jennifer's story, at the age of 15, Jennifer was diagnosed with With a rare degenerative eye disease that would eventually steal her sight and rob her of some of the dreams she had for her life of being an artist and a cartoonist so miss jennifer how difficult were some of those early years for you when you were initially diagnosed with the disease and what are some of the emotions that maybe you experienced in the midst of what i can only imagine to be a very difficult season of your life
1: oh man Zach, I mean, the emotions, who can, like, we don't have enough time to describe all of them, but of course there was the initial, I guess the best word I can come up with is feeling crushed. You know, Mm -hmm. here I was 15 years old and I really did have a degree of talent when it came to cartooning, who knows if it would have stood up in the real world, but anyway, that was my real joy. And there was just a sense of feeling crushed, like Mm. everything that I was good at was no longer attainable. And then of course there was the fear um on the small things, which really I don't think there are any small things, but like small things of like, you know, are boys gonna want to date me and how Mm. am I gonna who's gonna wanna marry me and how am I gonna finish high school? And Mm. you know, just all those kind of fears. But here's what's interesting about that blindness, Zach, is like um like lots of things that that our listeners experience, okay, like um, yeah. depression or fibromyalgia or mm-hmm. cancer. There's just some things that hit us in life. They're not suffering that the sentence ends with a period. It ends with an ellipsis, and it just okay. goes on and on and on. And so the emotions that I deal with today um, are not very different than what I dealt with initially And I think sometimes we need to have the grace to recognize that that's just how life is. It's hard. So my fears today, you know, here I am in my fifties and my mother is a widow. And one of my fears is I cannot care for her. I cannot help her in the way I would like. Um, I I can't care for my grandchildren alone in ways that I would like to. And I have fears of how am I going to manage this situation? You know, fears of, well, what's going to happen in 20, 30 years when I'm a widow? I'm so dependent on my husband. I call him my stud husband because he's a stud. <laughs> That's <okay>? right. <laughs> and how am I going to manage that, right? So, mm. so, so the fear can be evergreen. But the, right. the cool thing is, is that God meets in every season of life the same emotions. Though they may look differently, he meets them with the same faithfulness and so even though there's ellipsis at the end of that sentence of blindness God's faithfulness is right there also and so I just have to have the discipline to trust him with all those hard emotions
0: Mm, I love that the discipline to trust him because like you're saying when tough times come Um, when the unknown and uncertainty arises and just difficulty and challenge or the fiery seasons of life, fear can really become so crippling, as you mentioned. And you talked Mm -hmm. about the word crushed. You know, I think in some of the moments, even in my personal life, that people in a sense, they can grow very weary, but also we can grow very angry even with God. And in those moments, right, we begin almost like interrogating God and asking him a lot of those why questions. For instance, like, why would you allow this to happen to me? Or why would you pick me to go through this? over someone else? Or why am I the one that has to suffer? But Ms. Jennifer, you're someone who has, in a sense, every reason to be frustrated and angry and bitter with life, yet you cling to and you live out the words, it is well with my soul. So could you just take the next couple of moments and really help our listeners understand the significance and the importance of those words in your own personal life, but also how they've helped you find hope even when life didn't make sense?
1: I think it is so easy, Zach, as you said, to ask why. Yeah. Um, and over the years in blindness, um, I will be honest with you. I, if I'm going to have spiritual and emotional integrity, yeah. if I'm going to ask God why suffering, then I have to ask God why grace, why mm. forgiveness, why peace. Because we don't deserve any of that. I mean, God's kindness, he gives us what we don't deserve. And sometimes we think, I don't deserve suffering. (laughs) Hmm. But the bottom line is we don't deserve anything from God. But he's given us grace and he's given us kindness. He truly has made it well with our souls. Hmm. So when I was 15, I was at the eye hospital for a few days where they were diagnosing this disease. And my parents and I, I mean, I wore glasses and I was having a terrible time My glasses were not strong enough. We couldn't figure out what was wrong with my eyes. So we're Mm -hmm. at this eye hospital. And as we're in the last day, there were meeting in a conference room with some doctors and researchers, and they're explaining that they have discovered this disease, retinitis pigmentosa. Mm -hmm. My retinas had deteriorated to the extent that I was legally blind. But what they told us that none of us expected is that the nature of the disease would be that I would continue to lose eyesight until Mm -hmm. eventually I was totally blind. And I remember, I mean, you know, there's a lot that gets fuzzy with the more decades you live, but this, Mm. I remember clearly um, when that word blindness was spoken, it was just like a silence fell upon me and my mom Mm. and dad. Mm. I just think it's one of those words that you just never think will be your word. So we get in the car to leave and it was about a 45-minute drive from our home. My dad's driving in the front seat. No one speaks. I even asked my mom later, was it just me? Do I remember this correctly? She said, No, none of us said a word. Because I think we were processing on so many levels. And right. and here's the other thing. My daddy, Zach, he yeah. was my pastor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had learned so much about the goodness of God from him. And he was silent. So anyway, we we get home and I went in immediately to our old upright piano we had in our living room Hmm. and I sat down and I began to play. Silence Hmm. was finally broken as I began to play this song. But what was interesting is it was not a song I had ever played before. It was one Hmm. in our little Baptist hymnal, Um, but I never played it because it was in a key too difficult for me. I was not a good pianist. (laughs) Um, But this day I began to play and I I understood what I was doing on the piano in a way I had never understood before. Mm. I played in a way I had never played before. And it was truly a miracle, like a gift from God that he allowed me to play by ear. But what I think is the greater gift is not that I played, but it was the song that I played. Mm. Because the song that I played, you probably already guessed it, it was that old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And it was like God was tucking this truth in my heart. Even then, daughter, it may never be well with your circumstances, Mm. but I've made it well with your soul. And if that is true for me, Zach, that can be true for anybody, no matter how difficult the circumstances, no matter how relentless the pain, no matter how hard the sorrow, no matter how deep the grief, God really does Mm. Make it well with our souls because right. he becomes all we need no matter what we've lost.
0: Wow. Man, Miss Jennifer, that's so. Encouraging to hear the perspective that God has really stained on your heart when saying it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like, it can always be well with your soul because God always shows up and he always shows off in the midst of our Mm -hmm. brokenness and Mm -hmm. he can really prevail, right? Beauty from the ashes. Yes. Something, you know, that you brought up is this word of silence. And I think a lot of times when we're going through difficulty, silence can almost become deafening in our lives right? We feel mm-hmm. overlooked. Maybe we feel forgotten. Maybe we feel left out or abandoned by God even in moments. And I feel like there may be a listener out there today, Ms. Jennifer, who needs to hear a word when it comes to um, really just truth and actually being able to replace the negativity in the lies that we go through in life. One of my favorite books you wrote, titled, Me, Myself, and Lies, right? And when we're going through Mm -hmm. difficult moments in our life, Satan's greatest battleground, truly, I believe, is that of the mind. Uh, We've all experienced negative thoughts, but I'll never forget speaking with Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a leading psychiatrist and is an expert in brain health. And I'll never forget what he mentioned to me. He said, Zach, it's not the thought that matters. It's the thoughts that we attach to. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. many of us have forgotten something we should have learned back in the second grade, which is we don't have to believe everything (laughs) that we think. Right. And so <laughs> yep, yep. myself being in the mental health profession, being a counselor, um, I have the opportunity of practicing a lot out of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which says that our thoughts influence our emotions and our behaviors. And one of the best things that I've learned to be able to give to people and share with them are the three simple steps of CBT, which are to number one, identify the stinking thinking. Number two, to challenge or rest the negative thoughts in our minds in the moment. And then number three, the most important is to replace that negative thought with something good or something true so miss jennifer mm. can you help our listeners just understand in the moments of darkness or of trial or of tribulation help understand the power and importance of positive self-talk and consistently dwelling on the truth of god's word
1: oh that's so good and i'm so glad you know for how you're able to bless people because that really is where it is zach when you're counseling it's you as you said it's in the thoughts that's right and uh I actually have what I call the three R's, which yeah. are pretty much exactly what you said, but I'll add a fourth one to it. Okay. Yes. So when you say identify that stinking thinking, and I, I say that's recognize, mm-hmm. recognize what's in your thought closet,
0: mm-hmm. because all
1: of us have a thought closet. It's this place in our minds where we store everything that we've right. ever thought and heard or been told. And so we've got to recognize what's in there because some of it we didn't necessarily choose. It might right. be something somebody told to us. And we're like, wait a minute! Why did I stick that in there? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have believed that, like you said in second grade. We should have learned that. But okay. when people are influential to us, or when we're vulnerable,
0: mm. we're
1: quick to believe things that aren't true. Sometimes, so we recognize. But then, secondly, just like you said, you refuse it. Mm-hmm. You, 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 once you know, hey, that ain't true. I like to think of it like your thought closet has a door. That's and right. Wisdom is the monitor at the door of the thought closet. So you mm. let that. You let that. Thought, knock on the door, but then you say, wait a minute, I'm going to refuse you entry because you're not true. I'm going to hold this thought captive to the obedience of Christ, which leads to that third R, which is refuse it entry. Don't let it in, um, but you're going to replace it. Yes. That's the third R with something that is true. And you know, um, the fourth R though, um, which I've also learned from D- Dr. Daniel Amen, Fourth R is you got to repeat the process because you've got to train your mind toward truth. And when we experience that silence, as you said, we can feel the silence in our own echo chamber with our own thoughts. And that's why we've got to fill our thoughts with the word because my feelings are not always facts. And sometimes because feelings feel they're real, we think they represent reality. Mm. But only God's word represents our true reality. And so we go to the word and and we measure it against the, what, Philippians 4, 8 filter. Is this right. true? <laughs> right. Is this good? Is this right? Is this of a good report? And if it's not, then we kick it out of the thought closet. And I got to tell you, I, I wrote a book about this because I needed yes. to read about this. Yes. Because I still have to practice this every day. And that's why we need mm-hmm. to be on repeat cycle when it comes to our stinking thinking.
0: Mm, I love that. The four R's, recognize, refuse, replace, and repeat. That's so powerful, Miss Jennifer. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. But you know, something that I'm also super interested in is just how your faith has been forged and grown and developed in the midst of living um, life blind. You know, I've heard mm-hmm. you share on the topic before, walking by faith, not by sight. But what are mm-hmm. some of the other lessons that you've learned in the dark that you would really like to share with our listeners today?
1: One uh, I go back to often is um, what I've learned about anger Mm. because when stuff happens in our life that we don't expect or we think we don't deserve, um, sometimes our response can be anger and often anger toward God because he is the ultimate source of of all. Um, And so what I've learned for me that has been a great lesson I've learned in the dark and seen how um, not learning this lesson destroys people on the inside Mm -hmm. is that, um, anger hurts me more than it hurts God. Anger hurts me more than it hurts the people around me. And so I have learned that, um, I can't afford, nor do I want to be angry toward God. Because when I'm angry toward him, it's like I'm building this wall. Every brick of resentment builds this wall. And what does it do? Mm-hmm. It separates me from him. That's right. And, he, and he's my only source. He's like he's he's like all I've got. Like I can mm-hmm. do blindness with God. There's right. no way I can do it without him. Right. So it is counterproductive and self destructive for me to separate myself from my only source of real hope mm. through because of my own anger. But if I can take that, those bricks of resentment and bitterness yes. and I can surrender them to God and say, I don't like this. I don't understand, but I'm going to lay them before you. Then what happens, Zach, is it, it creates this path of mm. surrender that draws me to God and connects me to him because I, number one, I, as I've learned his character more and my character more, mm. I really don't want to be angry at him. Right. He is holy. He does not deserve my anger. He deserves my respect. But then secondly, I can't um I need him too much. I that's cannot right. be angry at him. I that's need right. him too much. So I've got to say that's one of the most powerful lessons I've learned, and I continue to learn
0: in the dark. Mm. I think that's so good. Just being able, like you said, to take those building blocks of the walls that we ultimately build, whether through anger or feelings of frustration or even just through sin in general because of what Mm -hmm. sin does, which like you're saying, it ruptures relationship. And we were intended to have that relationship with God. That's what we were made for. It says in Genesis 2.18 that the first thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone. So knowing Mm -hmm. that we were made to love and be loved, it's so imperative that we constantly revert back to, How can we grow and develop our relationship rather than how can we build that wall up? Let's tear that wall down and allow God, like you're saying, through the act and the practice of surrender in the midst of our frustration, in the midst of our anger, in the midst of uncertainty, to continually lead the way and guide and direct our lives. Miss Jennifer, you are just such a blessing. This has been such a fun conversation with you, but how we always close out our episodes and our time together on the podcast is just by allowing our guests to share something that they feel like the Lord has placed on their heart for such a time as this. So Miss Jennifer, today I really want you to speak to the person out there who's hurting, maybe someone who's broken. Um, brokenness is scattered all around in the culture and mm-hmm. society today. We see that there's so much division, but maybe also to the listener who just feels overlooked or forgotten or even just severely wounded. What's the mm-hmm. message of hope and encouragement and motivation that you want to leave them with today?
1: Well, I'll take you to my kitchen and it was Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Our new daughter-in-law had joined the family and I was trying to impress her. Yeah. So, you know, with, with me, with blindness, cooking is difficult. I do it, but it's a little more challenging. And Thanksgiving yeah. is like the Olympics That's of right. <laughs> cooking a meal, right? So, she's sitting at the bar and saying, can I help you? And I'm saying, no, no, I got this. Well, I was not doing a good job. Like, I I was trying to manage too many things at once. And mm. like, I left the microwave open and I banged my face on it. And then mm. I forgot which burner I had put a pan on and I burned my arm. And the whole time, she's like, let me help you. Let me help you. I'm like, no, I got this. I got this. Mm. I left the oven door open. I banged my knee on it. I mean, it was just—it was one thing after another. It was not going well, and I'm sure she was thinking, "Woman, please let me help you. Right, <laughs> you know, you're right. stressing me out." Okay, so Caroline is her name, and she said at one point because the frustration was obvious.
0: Mm.
1: She said, "Oh, blindness must—it must be just so hard. Blindness, blindness must be so hard." And um, I paused, and a million thoughts were going through my mind because right. I thought, yes, it is so hard. And you know what? I hate it at this moment. Mm. I want to be capable. I'm tired of feeling less than. I don't want to be broken. This is not what I planned for my life, you know? Right, right. And of all the times, I want you to be blessed by me, not feel like you also have to join the family and help me because now I'm a burden. Mm. These are the million thoughts that are going through my mind. right. But I paused and I said to her what the Lord whispered in my ear at that moment, standing in front of my stove. Earth is short and heaven is long. Mm. Yes, blindness is the hardest thing I deal with, and it may never go away, but Mm. earth is short and heaven is long. Mm. And for that reason, I have hope And I can get through this day because I know there's coming a better day. And that's what I would say to the one who is wounded right now, the one who is broken right now, the one who feels overlooked, the one Mm -hmm. who is mired in uncertainty. Would you please hear my voice? Yes, earth is hard, but -hmm. earth is short and heaven is long. And because that is our reality, we can get through this day with the hope that God is with us and he is preparing a place for us. And if it were not so, he would have mm. told us so. So let's hang on and get through this day through the strength, power, and presence of the Lord.
0: Wow, Miss Jennifer, what an encouraging word. Earth is short, heaven is long. There is hope because hope is a person. Ms. Jennifer yes. Rothschild, thank you so much just for your heart and for your willingness to join us today. Thank you also for all that you do, for all of your work, all your writings, and just your service to the Lord and the advancement of his kingdom. You have deeply impacted my life, so I can't thank you enough, but I know you've also done the same for countless others. So we love you, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Right back at you, Zach. Bless you. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Man, you guys, I don't know about you, but I had my notepad out. I was taking notes, whether mental notes or literally physical notes, writing it out. But I just took so much away from just the wisdom that Miss Jennifer has and just the way that she has been able to handle, but also manage and find hope. And healing, even when living a life of blindness. She truly is the epitome of living by faith and not by sight. In and throughout the episode, though, it kind of brought me back to Romans eight twenty-eight, which reads, And we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And you know, I just wanted to instill this last nugget of hope and truth into your life today. Just because we have an intimate and personal relationship with God does not mean that our physical um, appearance or circumstances will ever change. Truly, I mean, yes, it's okay to pray that God would intervene on our behalf, but we should be praying that it would be in his will. Because you guys, truly, when it says that all things work together for the good, he's not talking about our circumstances. He's not talking about our external world, but I believe what God does is he's in the transformation business. When we willingly allow him and we invite him into our lives to reveal his true self to us, which is a good, good father who loves us and has our best interests in mind and in his heart at all times. He's always working on our behalf that's when he can come in, he can transform our heart, he can renew our mind, and he can reshape our perspective and help us understand that our greatest source of pain can sometimes become our greatest source of purpose. And in those moments, as Miss Jennifer said, that's when we can not only proclaim, but we can begin to actively live out the words, it is well with my soul. The times and the season I'm in may be challenging. It may be daunting. It may be hard. It may be painful. But it can still be well with my soul knowing that I get the opportunity to journey with God deeper than most people could ever imagine. And I'm so thankful that God so willingly chose me to journey alongside of Him during this time. My friends, my prayer is that we would willingly invite God into these moments, willingly invite him into the messy seasons of our lives, allowing him the opportunity to reveal his goodness and his grace to us. You guys, we love you. You're never alone. If you ever need anything, you can always reach out to our social media platforms. You can also reach out to my personal email, zach.clinton at aacc.net. You guys, we love you, we're praying for you and as always, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Built Different Podcast.